Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Zaya Higgins back again with another podcast. I know it's been a while. It's been a minute, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the wait. I'm sorry for the delay. We are now back. I was experiencing some technical difficulties and just honestly didn't feel like making podcasts anymore, but now I have a lot to talk about, and I will keep you guys informed. So, getting started with today's episode, I want to talk about my experience at SUNY Cortland, but I want to let the video, it's probably about 30 minutes, the video that I have of me talking to the diversity chief, department officer, enforcer, whatever, at Cortland. When I tell you that they're on bullshit, I mean they're on bullshit. The whole entirety of SUNY Cortland, from the faculty to the students to my teammates, everybody on bullshit. Everybody fake as fuck. It's not a good place to be. No learning really gets done. Ugh. It's not it. Um, I'm going to insert this clip, though. Because it really speaks for itself. Me and my friend Oba went up to the diversity office with a bunch of issues. A bunch of issues that just happened this year alone. And we were met with absolutely no resolution. Resolution? Yeah, resolution. <laughs> Excuse me. So, I got. I want you guys to... Dang, I messed up again. I want you guys to see it for yourselves. I can talk to them. Um, not to them, to you. I can talk to him and just see, like, you know, what's going on. Um, I don't... I'm not sure yet what our outcome is going to be here. I just wanted to have a conversation and just to find out. I read the um, I read the the email that you sent him, um, and um, yeah, I just I don't know. I just want to know, and I think more than anything, something that you just said in your email to me when you said how you don't feel like we've done right by you. I wouldn't want that to happen. I mean, that's like that's like our like this office's main goal is to make sure that students, especially students that come from marginalized communities, right? So whether that's racial, whether that's gender, whether age, veteran status, any of that, immigration status, that students don't feel that way. So that's the reason why I, you know, when when they mentioned it to me, I said, well, let me just have a conversation because if that's the way that you're feeling. Then there's probably other students that are feeling the same and um i don't have to say it's my job because that's a huge responsibility but it's part of my job to make sure that if students are feeling that way what is it that we can do as a as an institution um for that not to happen or to minimize it so let me know what do you i mean what are your thoughts like what's... realistically um i understand what you're saying yeah and i respect you and i don't want this to come off as disrespectful but like with the current predicament... So let me just, let me just interrupt you real quick. Mm-hmm. You can be completely honest with okay. me. There is just nothing. There is just nothing that can disrespect, that I could feel disrespected about or, you know, offended about. Okay. So I just want complete honesty and transparency. Like, I was going to be reluctant to have this conversation because it's like, I, I feel as if we have a chief diversity, inclusion, equity officer. It's like, I shouldn't be in this predicament that right now. Like, I, we shouldn't, I shouldn't have this situation. I shouldn't be fighting what I'm fighting now. Yeah. And it's like, I feel as if it's, it's, too it's it's too below the school for them to actually care but it's in me to to change that like i have to change that i don't think it's anything that somebody from in the school could do mm-hmm. just because like you guys all work for the same institution which is rooted in hierarchy and bigotry so it's like how do you do that how do you how do you fight from the inside like that i've never understood that mm-hmm. and i've tried to do that prior in my other institutions, not institution, but high school, and it just didn't work. Yeah. But finding it from the outside and spreading awareness, it, it seems to be very, 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 I don't know, helpful. Yeah. My plan of action, I don't, 
I'm not necessarily too sure exactly what I want to do, but I know this started just because I wanted to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I just wanted him to understand what I go through and why I feel the way that I do. Because a lot of the time in conversations in class, he'll say ignorant things and make ultimatums about people. Or not people, but like just circumstances. And it's mm -hmm. like certain circumstances aren't one shoe fits all. And certain moralities aren't, I don't know, one, one fits all. Like me coming from the environment that I came from, my entire outlook on life is just different because I'm black. But if I explain that to the, my classmates or if I answer questions based on what I've lived, I'll, look, I'll, I'll get looked at as like I'm crazy or something. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's just, it's my life. And sadly, like a lot of white kids aren't accustomed to hearing that because it's shut down by professors like this. And then there's, there's just higher ideas that are placed over that label me so I can never be myself. And I just feel as if like, I don't know, I'm at the point where I'm tired of it. Like, I'm just tired of it. I've gone through this my entire life. I've gone through these institutions my entire life. I've always fought institutions. That's just what I do. And with this, it's like, it really does set in stone what I've been talking about. Like, I have multiple papers. Like, I have a 14-page paper that I wrote my freshman year on why I didn't feel included here and how, I don't know, the curriculum needed to change. And then I wrote another paper that was 25 pages last year about why I didn't feel included here in one of his classes, actually. And that really set in stone, like, he doesn't get it. Because I wrote this paper for our, what, what was the class? Um, I'm not sure. It was the philosophy of... I'm not sure. But yeah. the book we were reading was The Racial, the Racial Contract by Charles Mills. Mm. And I wrote a 25-page book report based on that book explaining that I go through and see the racial contract. I can use my life to literally paint the racial contract. And in that paper, I explain everything that I go through here. Now, I've reread the paper, and it's not necessarily the clearest, but I got an A. So in my head, if it's worth the A, and he tells me he understood it, why do I have to go through exactly what I was talking about in the first five pages. You said you understood it, you said you clearly got it, but you're still expressing to me the next year that like, you didn't get it. I wrote this page or this paper from the heart. Like it wasn't about, oh, I believe this, I believe this, it's not. I go through these things and I'm telling you what I go through. So it's not a, a personal belief thing. It's like, this is actually happening, a reality. Mm -hmm. A great example for this today in class, my war and terrorism class, he said that the war on poverty was metaphorical. That term is metaphorical. And I wanted to object, but I realized that like, in my predicament, in my circumstance, there's no point because he is a professor and he overrides what I'm saying. But like thinking about that, it's like you're telling a class of white students that the war on poverty is metaphorical, as if people aren't actually impoverished in America, and as if we're not actually fighting that as a, as a, as a current phenomenon. It's like, what me, somebody coming from poverty, what am I supposed to take from that? What am I, how am I supposed to feel about that? You're basically saying that like, what I go through just doesn't exist. That's essentially what he said. And it's like, what, what do I do? Mm. What, what do I do other than fight the system that's against me? And that's, I don't know, there's a lot that I could say. Like, there's a lot. So I'm, th I'm thinking, right, after he's saying all that, that you must be exhausted. Oh, yeah. Right? Because um, I, I agree with you. I mean, we live, we, we work in, we work in institutions that are racist. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You're 100% you're right. Um, and fighting it and fighting it all the time it's got to be really exhausting um, I'll tell you honestly like I don't know if I fight the system the way that I should fight the system because it would be a non-ending battle right I mean I'll retire or I could stay here until I'm a hundred and and it's just there's just so many there's so many fights, right? That you have, I mean, not just with the people, like your professors,
but with the policies that exist, and then not just here on campus, but SUNY system-wide, and then even beyond that, you get to New York, right, the state education, and you could go on and on and on. And it's like, so I say that not to say, not to discourage you, because by all means, I mean, in my mind, and I'm not saying this just to, you know, to pump you up or anything like that, in my mind, if you continue the way that you're thinking and, and working, um, I can see you making changes in life, um, you know, wherever it is. But it's definitely going to be tiring and it's going to be exhausting. It is. It, you it know is. what I'm saying? It's, I mean, I don't mean that. But then how do you stop, right? Like, you can't stop when you know that there are injustices. Well, it's not necessarily about the injustices right now that I'm focused on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I am, actually. I am, I am. But it's more, it's more just understanding. It's not that like I'm trying to necessarily make a crazy change. Yeah. Just listening to my story and understanding me is enough change because then you can implement that and understand a lot more minorities. It's like, and it's that simple. It's honestly that simple. My, my plan right now, honestly, because I feel like I can trust you, I can, I can be honest, is mm. I'm writing a book. I'm just going to write a book on the institution and everything I've experienced at SUNY Cortland. And realistically, in the eyes of New York State, and just being that this is a public school, it's gonna look really, really bad. Mm. There's no reason that I should go through what I go through at this school. Uh, my teammates, you can vouch, my, my teammates on my track team uh, about two weeks ago went out and were walking and got called the N-word. So then upon the trying to- Outside of campus. Off campus, walking off campus. I mean, I got called the N-word on campus. My, my last year, I was just walking back, I think from, where was I walking from? I was walking from the SLC to my dorm and some drunk kids roll by and they just call me the N-word. And I'm just like, okay, like, like what? Like, it's 2023, like, 2022, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Same thing with my teammates, my two freshman teammates. They come in and it's their, I don't know, first, second month here, and they're experiencing that as well, coming to me like, what do I do? They told us that they'd shoot me. And it's like, what? They, they, they said, what? Here? And there's nothing that nobody's doing about that? It's like, excuse me? Like... I don't know if nobody's gonna make the change i am it's just and it's just in me to do that i don't like it doesn't matter how it gets done it's just going to get done in my eyes i won't stop like i'm mm -hmm. very resilient it mm -hmm. doesn't I've, I've done this my entire life mm -hmm. like i've always gone against the system and i've always found a way to make it work and implement the change that i wanted to see and this may be on a larger scale but i think i can get it done okay. like i just got the polls i don't know if you saw it because you're the chair you're the you're the, the, the diversity and inclusion the the festival the, the meeting or the conference, the conference. Oh, for on the diversity for yes, the students. Yes, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how big that is, but... No, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's big. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got accepted to speak at that, and I'm working yeah. on the presentation now. Okay. I mean, I have one to work off of, and I think it's going to be a pretty impactful presentation. Mm -hmm. um, and besides that, the book, it's just like, I don't know. It's not, I don't want to, I don't want it to be defamation of character because it's not personal. I understand that my professor... And he has his ideals because it's just what he's been taught. So it's never, it's never personal. It's never, I want to attack him. No, I don't want to defame his character. I probably wouldn't name drop him. I, I just wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't even say the advisor. I'd just say a professor because I have many. It's just the fact that, like, I can't necessarily let that stand, though. Like, I don't want to attack him, but I don't want to do nothing as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's just a lot. And we go through this every day, and I have teammates and friends that are also minorities that express to me their problems every day, and I hear it, and it's a constant battle, and it, it is really tiring and frustrating. Mm -hmm. it, it just is. Are you able to get these folks together and um, so that I can hear that? Yeah. So that I, is that, can you do that? Because mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, um, that we're working on now is our strategic plan, our diversity strategic plan, and we want to, we, meaning my assistant and I, we're thinking about um, holding forums just to hear from 
faculty, from students, from staff, like through our campus, as to what it is that they're feeling, so that we know what it is that, that we need to do. You know, um, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I, I don't even know how I would address that, especially if it's people that are off campus, like residents from Cortland that are driving by and saying, you know, they were definitely here. students. Like they, they were definitely yeah. students. Oh, they were students. Definitely they students. were students. Yeah. students. And it's just like that. And it's like, yeah. I have to go to class the next day then thinking, like, dang, it could have been any one of these white people that I'm next to in my classes that said this to me. How am I supposed to focus when I know that people here hate me just because of the color of my skin? How can I focus like that? What, what can I do? Like, it's like, it's yeah. so sad. Like, I, um, and the thing with Andy. I mean, it's, 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 it bothers me, right, when I hear that because, I mean, we just had, we just had the, um, I mean, this whole thing that's going on in the Middle East, right? And, and again, groups of students, you have your Jewish, your Hillel students that are hurting because of the attack, you know, on, on people that they identify with. But then you have this other group of students, you know, whether they're Muslims or have, you know, roots with um, Palestinians and stuff that are also hurting because of the war that's taking place. So it's just, when you start thinking, when I start thinking about, okay, so how can I support everybody? It's like, it's, it's like almost impossible for one individual. So I need help. Like, you know, so what you're saying, let me just jot that down. Um, the N word by students. To first year students, right? The, that's who mm -hmm. you were talking about, your teammates. So I'm just, I'm just making a note for myself so that I know. Even me with the yeah. N word too, like I had a situation Couple weeks oh, ago, I'm right? sorry. I think. What is your name again? Ola. Okay. Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, like uh, we had a uh, we went to a party and we had a party, and this kid said the N word to me, and I didn't like make a scene of it because like, whatever, we're at a party. But I told one of my friends, who's my roommate actually, who I considered one of my like closest friends, and I told him about it, and he like, didn't like have my back on it, like he like, defended his friend, who said it. And he was, I'm assuming they're both white. Yeah. Yes. And he was asking me like. Like why I would feel that way because of a song, and I was just like, you know, it's just like I don't know. It kind of, I don't. Know, it turned. It, I don't know. It makes you feel way. It makes you look at like, it makes you look at things mad different. Well, yeah. it don't even make you look at things. I mad can elaborate. Yeah, it does. It makes you withdraw. Yeah, it just makes you withdraw. Yeah, he's, he's saying what I'm thinking. Like if really you know. look at like my grades and just my literal pattern, like my GPA is very low right now, and I know that, and I'm okay with that because I'm not necessarily here for that. I'm here for the greater good. Of just making change which i can do through this institution because like it gives me so many examples that like it's kind of hard to ignore what year what year are you in i'm a junior um and you've been here since your mm -hmm. first year so it's like i can't really be discredited in that area like i just have my life experiences here that make up the way that i feel and after a while you start to withdraw like I, it just it's just so yeah it's just like it's why just even like interact yeah. like you just know the outcome is going to be bad like you just know and there's a lot of black students and minority students with that mental resilience, but it's like when I'm trying to fight something, it's kind of hard to sit around that actively and like be attentive to that when I know that I'm fighting it. it it's just hard. It's hard to focus like that. Um, so I, I don't. And to elaborate on the Andy thing, like he made it very personal, um, very, very personal. And I try, like I said, to, to not have it be personal, but it's kind of hard. He said something to me that like, I don't know, it's low-key crazy to me. And it's like, it could what be a thing. Say? Um, so about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I went to his office and that's when I sent him that email. I sent him that after I left his office. Yeah. Now, he said to me in his office, I, I want to just 
tell him about like what I've gone through and why my views are different because I've I've been like I've been in some pretty bad situations in life. Like, I'm not gonna lie, to you. like I didn't grow up with both my parents. Like they're around, but like they had me at like 15, 17, so like they were working and I was really by myself at home and whatnot. Like really fending for myself and just in the streets. Honestly, like I wasn't I wasn't necessarily on the right path. So like I don't know. Like me explaining that, it changed my whole like. I tried to tell him that like my views are definitely shifted and my morality and the things that the things that I have value in are definitely shifted because of that and he wasn't necessarily trying to understand that he didn't really want to let me get the conversation and he felt disrespected because I told him his degree like didn't mean anything to me and he was like well that's disrespectful I'm like it's not though because if I feel as if the institution that you got your degree from was rooted in bigotry and just Eurocentralism then like why would your degree be applicable to, to teaching me or anybody about something that's aware like why would you be an ethics professor or the advisor of the head of ethics if like your ethical background is just messed up because your degree is rooted in bigotry and Eurocentrism? It's like it doesn't make sense to me, but he didn't want to understand it that way. He took offense to it and he told me like I sent him videos about the war in Chirac. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that I, is. No, I'm not, but I and, and I wanted to watch the video, but I didn't get a chance to. Yeah, those videos and they're very impactful videos because it's like this is large scale and it's being on the news and people are, are, are talking about it, speculating it, but like it's something that kids like me go through, like something that I've been through, maybe on not that scale, but like I've been through that. So to like to totally neglect that is, is crazy. And I showed him the videos and he said they're horrendous. He never wants to see them again. And it's not something that he's interested in. And it's like, dang, like that, that's- so Can you guys like briefly just tell me? Cause I, I, I feel really ignorant right now about the war, yeah. The war in Chirac, or like Chicago, it's just a sim essentially gang violence in Chicago okay. that like okay. infests the communities of black communities and makes it very hard for people to succeed. Like to make it out of one of those communities, is, it's like I don't know, like a one in one hundred chance. Like yeah, through sports and music, really, and a lot of them, a lot of the people that have made it out of those communities have literally just gone through the, the hip hop route, like Lil Durk, Chief Keef, Came Vaughn, etc. Like most people that make it out of that are rappers. A lot of those dudes that even made it out haven't even lived to make it out, really. Like, there's a lot that have died within that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of people die within that. From gang violence, where it's straight attacks, premeditated yeah. attacks, um, accidental murders. Like, there's, even in my city, like, alone, there's a lot of people that I know that have been killed by just straight bullets. Teenagers my age. From? I'm from Albany. Okay. So, like, just, just teenagers. So, even Albany. Huh? Even Albany. Oh, yeah. Right? Cause I'm yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, w I was born and raised in the Bronx, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just telling somebody, I think it might have been Eric, our president, just the other day, and they don't understand. And I told them, I said, you know, when I grew up, so I grew up in the, in the 70s, um, and, and, you know, heroin was just like rampant, right? So the, the block that I lived on, the, the guys that lived there, was mostly guys, um, they were high on heroin, and they were just hanging on the steps, right? Just like... Just, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and I said that that's, that was part of my life, like seeing that, I never really thought much of it, it was normalized for me, um, the same with like the, the gangs that existed mm -hmm. at that time, you know, I would see people, you know, get stabbed or whatever, and it was just normalized, like I didn't think anything of it um, until I got older and realized that that's really not normal, nah. like that, you know. And that's, the, that's exactly why I want to implement it in the curriculum, yeah. because it's like, it's not normal, but it's something that happens but that I think people should know. Because there's a reason it happens. It's not like, this is, I don't know, I think that white society tries to make it seem like it's a choice, but it's really hard to say it's a choice when you don't have the proper education to know that you have another choice, to know that you have, there's more things you could be do, doing with your life. Like, it's very hard when... But even when you know that you could do something else with your life, you don't have the resources, right? Literally, like, you literally. Do something else. Literally. Like, well, how are you going to get out of wherever you are to go to college you don't 
you don't exactly. know how to fill exactly. out a or whatever it is, application. And that's all I'm trying to say. It's like yeah. we're, we're, we're chastised with these negative stereotypes, but it's like, dang, there's actual reasons and systems in place that keep us in these situations. And it's like, dang, like, it's not fair. It's just not fair. It's not fair to us. And I want to change that. Like, I genuinely want to change that. Him telling me that my culture is just something that he doesn't care about, that he's uninterested in, it's like, dang, like... But he says that? I mean, those are words that he, he didn't say. say that directly, but, but it's like... But that's how you're understanding... Yeah, because, I mean, it's implied. When I show you videos of my culture, you say they're horrendous, I don't like them, and I don't want to see them again. I'm uninterested. It's like, how else am I supposed to take that? He then asks a question in class about violence, and he's like, all right, well, anybody, if you had any violence in your life and you want to talk about it, like... And what, was, what were the questions? It was three questions. Um, have you ever experienced any violence? How did, what was the cause of that violence? And how did that violence impact you or something like that? Something along the lines of that, very close to the lines of that. And it's like, dang, like I would dead speak and, and, and say something, but in a conversation about a week earlier, you told me that like my violence was something you didn't want to hear and that you didn't care about and you thought was horrendous. So it's like, now I'm in class and I'm so I can't even speak. I feel like I can't even speak because you just told me what I was going to say is invalid. It's like, dang, like, what do I do? Well, yeah. What can I do? It's yeah. just crazy to me. It's, it's crazy. I don't even know. I just don't know what to say. Like, there, there's all these thoughts going through my head. Like, I'm wondering, okay, so what do I do? What can I do? What can this office do in order to, um, to bring more awareness? Because I think that I think that that's, the, that's one of the parts, one of the pieces that's missing on this campus, like in any other campus, is the awareness among students of what's going on so that people don't address you with the N-word or people will stand up and say, no, that's, that's just wrong, you can't say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do I build that awareness with students? I feel like a lot of it comes from the teachers and the teacher's ideology and how you teach the students. It really comes down to what you're saying in class and, like, the, the overall opinions of the professors because as a professor say if you have tenure you can basically say whatever you want and the students just have to accept that now say you have a student that's not intelligent i don't want to say not intelligent but like for me i think the general consensus of people here it's not like iq wise i would say it's just different like mm -hmm. the way i understand things compared to the way my white counterparts understand things is just way different i think mm -hmm. that like not to sound um what would be the word not to sound arrogant but i think like on a, when it comes to levels of understanding like i'm just on a different Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of my friends, like people that I'm close with here are just on different levels of understanding when it comes to, compared to the rest of the school. And like, I think that definitely stems from like, getting that outside perspective and that point of view. Like, you wouldn't know what you're not taught. Like, and the professors aren't teaching it. So it's like, I can't be mad at the students when it really falls down on the professors. It's like, you are the top of the system that is now teaching down, but you choose to teach ignorant information instead of what's real that could help us. That's my biggest problem. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, wh why do that? Why, why, why teach to fit a narrative that's, that's not necessarily true? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think switching the curriculum and I guess implementing a lot more diversity in the curriculum could definitely help. Like, last year, and this is when I kind of really, like, got... This is kind of when I knew that I could make some change and that I should really continue doing this. He had me present by myself about... I, who Andy did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I presented in a class by myself the racial contract, like my, but basically what I wrote. I just made a presentation out of it. And at first, I didn't think it was going to be that impactful. I mean, I knew my presentation was going to be good. Like, most of the time, my presentations are good. Like, I haven't really gotten a bad grade in the presentation. So I was like, all right, it's good, but 
good grade wise and good impactfulness in my head are two different two things. Different things. Two yeah. different things. Yeah. So it was good to me if it could be impactful, and I really didn't know. I got claps. People seemed to be interested in me. I got everybody's attention. Nobody's on their phone looking away. Like, it, was, it was great. It, people were attentive, raising their hands, asking questions. It was cool. I explained my side and how I viewed things, and I felt good about myself afterwards. But I wasn't sure if I got the change that I wanted. Come two weeks later, I'm having a private conversation with Andy, Andy, and he tells me that for the final reflections on class that he has us write, three of the girls wrote down that like my presentation really changed their outlook on life and how they view black people essentially, and how they view things, and I, I was the most influential part of the class. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, dang, like, I thought I was difference. gonna go in there and do nothing, but I really made a difference, and it may have been three people out of a class of like 20, but still, like that, that spreads, like that, that, is, that is something that I could build with. Why not continue doing that, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, and it, it just sucks so much, and it hurts so bad, because I expect Andy to, he sees what I'm going through, and he sees everything that I'm working towards and how hard I'm working, but it's like he just discredits me and just decides to not acknowledge the fact that like this is really something that's going on and I'm really working towards it. It's just like, I feel like a, a social experiment to him. Like I feel like like mm. he's, he's just testing me, seeing what I could do to benefit him, but not really invested in me as a person or my struggle or what I go through. It's like he can say he does, but his actions and his words prove otherwise. Mm -hmm. And every time I try to attest that and say like, yeah, you say this, but like your actions prove this, it's like, you don't know me. You don't understand me. You, you don't know my teachings. You don't know what I've been through. And it's just like, bro, like, I don't have to know what you've been through or your exact life situations to know that what you are saying right now, your ideology is literally going against everything that I stand for. It's like, I don't have to know your entire background to know that this is what you're saying right now mm -hmm. to me. Like, I don't need to know that information. I don't need to know where you got your degree from. I don't, I don't need to know any of that. It's like, this is now. Like, like ah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so, so let me ask you, if, if, if you could get anything done here on campus that would, that would help the situation, not just with you, right, but with, with all students that feel similarly, whether they voice it or not, or sometimes they don't even know that they're feeling it, you know what I'm saying? What would you do? And there's, seriously, like... <coughs> If money wasn't an object, resources wasn't an object, like, what would you do? What do you think is the, the thing that can break this? I would force students, white students, to work with minority students. I, I would force that. I would, I, would force, I would force inclusion that way. Like, I would make events that you would have to go to. Like, say I was, a, I was a professor. You'd have to go to this extra credit. It wouldn't even be extra credit. This would be an assignment. You'd have to go work with a black student. you have to go do this. And I don't want to target black students, but it's like, People have to understand at some point that black people are just like everybody else. But it seems that white people don't understand that. There's this overlying idea that we're so different. And it's like our circumstance may be different, but humanity-wise, feeling-wise, we're still the same. We still do everything the same. But because of the color of my skin, it, I'm just such a different creature. I'm just such a different human being, and it is so crazy to me. But I've talked to white people, and I'm cool with a lot of white people, so it's like I know that there's white people that can understand what I'm saying and who I am. It's just it comes down to them being in those situations where they have the opportunity to. And a lot of that is just not provided at this institution. It's just, it's just not. If they're not forced at an event, well, or to an event where they have to be in a diverse area, it's like, it, don't, it doesn't change their life. It's like they won't, they won't step out of their comfort zone because they don't have to. Like this school makes it so that they don't have to step out of their comfort zone ever, so that we're always just undershadowed and we never get the recognition that we need or the acknowledgement or awareness. Like, and, and that's just it. It's just making it so that it's a requirement. And I wouldn't even, I don't know if that's like racist or like. 
I, I, I'll be honest with you, it, you just can't, you can't make people. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost the same with faculty, right? So one of the things that, um, that we hear often is like, well, let's, let's force faculty members to attend classes, right? To attend professional development, they don't like to call it training, um, around bias, for example, or racial justice or whatever it is. We can't, we can't force faculty to do that. And when we do have these events, it's usually the same people. You know, it's like you're preaching to the choir kind of thing. So it's usually the same professors that come because they want to learn more on how to better serve our students. Um, and that's why like, I'm doing what I'm doing right now. That's why I'm writing this book because yeah. say I published this book and it gets the, the what would be the word, the recognition that I think it will. I, mean, I know a lot of people. I have a very big social media following. I'm very influential. I've been influential in my area. I'm influential here. Like, and I'm not even a part of any programs. I just, I'm just me, and I happen mm-hmm. to speak mm-hmm. my mind, and people mm-hmm. like that and respect that. Mm-hmm. I write this book, and it gets the notoriety that I think it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to force a change in the institution. It's going to make New York State look bad. Like, you have racism going on in your institutions, and this is a common thing. Like, even what you just said, you have these diversity meetings, like, these, these things that people can talk to, meaning, like, the system knows that there's racism and bias in the system. Like, they know that teachers we are doing know. that. Everybody knows. I mean, you know, we, so we have an anti-racism task force and there's several committees out of that. And one of the committees is the policies and procedures committee. And they're looking to see what it is, what policies it is that we have that create inequities. And, and of course the training is like on the top, right? But it's a unionized environment. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm being real with you. It's a unionized environment. So you cannot force people. And that's. That's exactly, that's exactly why I don't think the system works. Because once you say it's a unionized environment, it's like, yeah, you're right. They're all unionized. They all think the same. That's why, in my idea, this book, it goes above the system. It's like, I'm not going to try and talk to you anymore. I'm not going to try and talk to anybody to get you to change your mind anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let society do that for you. I'm going to give this book to society so anybody across the country can read it, mm-hmm. and it will actually expose what goes on here. And you'll be forced to change. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, people are going to see that. Mm-hmm. And... You, like, I don't know, dropping a book like that, like, it kind of puts Cortland at a place where you have to make change. Like, if you don't, like, not only will the numbers drop for diversity in students, but, like, it'll just look really bad on the institution. It'll look really, really bad. Like, yeah, yeah they, they, you know, one of the things I, I always say is, um, and it's not just Cortland, right? It's, it's, it's all the other institutions, how we talk um, about diversifying our student body and diversifying our faculty and staff as well, like bringing in more people of color um, to teach. But then what, right? Because, so you could increase the number of black and brown students on campus, but you also have to remember that there's different cultures, there's different beliefs, there's different, you know, backgrounds, experience, whatever. And you're bringing that, you know, you're bringing in into a place where it wasn't like that, that very different. So if you're not prepared to, to provide whatever it is that needs to happen in order for both groups, and I'm only talking two groups, like, you know, talking about black and brown and white. I mean, there's a lot of groups. But if you're not prepared to have them come together and learn together, then it could be a mess. And that's usually what happens in places that bring in folks. They have all these programs to bring in folks of color, and they, but they don't realize that you got to do something else as well. About the understanding. Um, it's like, yeah, because if not... If, if... Like with that, with that ideology, bringing in folks of color without like providing the white counterparts the understanding, it, it creates kind of like, like segregation, low key. Like with me and my friends, like my housemates are, I have two white housemates, but like 
I don't know. I hang out with him and two of my other black friends every single day, and that's just our group. That's just our collective because we feel like we don't really fit in with the white students. We, we just yeah. don't. And yeah. all of my white friends have dead, said or done just ignorant things that, as a black person, it's like, why would I not take offense to this? And them understanding that and still doing it because I express this to them, it's like, okay, bro. Like, like there's nothing I can do. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. I don't even talk to my roommate. Like, I don't. I I go in my. I I hang out with him every day. I sit at this house all the time, and I go back to my room, and I don't say anything to my roommate because it's literally like the embodiment of everything I disagree with, like racism. Just, just I can't even like explain and articulate myself fully because mm-hmm. there's like a lot, but it's just to put it in simple terms, in my head, it's just no, mm-hmm. no. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to involve myself in something that's like gonna hurt me. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just stay with people that are like like-minded. Exactly. Of course. You know? Yeah. And I, and that's the thing, because when I came to this school last year, because I'm a sophomore. Okay. When I came to school last year, I did think that this would be a place of like, you know, um, I don't know. This I thought this place would give me something mm-hmm. for real, but like, just after the second semester and how all that went down, with not only what happened on my team, and like. Even what's happening with now in my life, like, nah, this place is just not for me. This place isn't for me. And mm-hmm. I don't feel, I don't feel included. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I don't feel important. I, I feel invisible mm-hmm. here. Like, I feel very like. I stand on that. I don't know, like, I, I was telling them, I wear, I wear black every day because like, I don't want people to see me. And like, people dead don't see me. Like, people don't see me, people don't hear me. I want to have a voice, but like. There is no voice. There's there's no voice, especially especially the way I live. Like like I just said, like my roommate, he's dead racist. He's racist. He's say like he's a, he's he's a lot. Like he's very bad. He's a very bad person, and he's still going out of his way to do stuff to me. That's like, and that's the crazy part about it. We explained to this kid that like what we go through and how like I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of times where white kids have given us or have thrown actions towards us that would definitely prompt logical reactions like yeah. there's definitely things that have been said to us or done to us that we would definitely fight about but we understand our position here and being that we're black we dead cannot go around fighting people and looking like that and being my, a stereotype my roommate still provokes me to this day he's provoking me trying to provoke me last night literally trying to provoke me before i left for break by like locking my own room this kid locked my own room i had to sleep on the couch on my suite like i'm getting provoked in this i'm i'm waking up to bs every day and it's just like, is this, is this what I have to, you know what I'm saying? I'm miserable here. Like, is this what I have to... Is this what Cortland is? Is this like, what Cortland is? Like, is literally. Is like, I was asking my mom, I was telling my mom that the other day. Like, is this, like, what college is supposed to be? Because last year I thought college was perfect. And then somehow after March, everything just went downhill. Like, That's I don't, how it was. Like, Are you on campus? You're yeah. on campus, right? Yeah. The more, the more, uh... The more I tried to fit in and include myself, the more I realized that it just wasn't working and that that white society just does not like people like me or does not understand or want to include people they just like don't, me. They don't even embrace you either. It's crazy. Like, you can be yourself. I've been myself to everybody. I've been, like, I don't know. I'm very, like, I have personality. I have big personality. And it's just, like, you... Same with me. I'm a very just, genuine person. Yeah, I'm very genuine. It's just, me. like... It's like it's not hard to get to know me, and it's not hard to, like, see me for what I am for real. But, like, when everyone else constantly just tries to see you for something completely different, it's like, 
what is the point? Like, what am I even, what am I here for? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm in the same that predicament way. as him. Like, for me, I understand that I'm fighting something, though. I'm here because I need these experiences to fight the big fight that I'm trying to fight. Like, yeah. I think I'm going to be impactful. I think, I well, I know I'm going to be impactful. I have a lot of people that support me. I am very strong in my belief at this point in my life that, like, I can make change. So that's what I'm planning to do here. But, like, as for another black student who doesn't have that, who just is down every day, it's like, dang, like, even just watching that, like, I don't know, it fuels me, but I can understand how it would deter somebody else that's not me. Because not everybody has the goals and plan of action to make change like I do. So some people just endure this every day, and it, it's depressing. Like, it, it really is depressing. Before I had this, like, before I had these goals, it, it, I was just depressed. Like, here, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I smoke every day. And I can say that legally, because I, I do have a med card. I can, I can say that. So <laughs> I smoke every single day, and I didn't start doing that until I got here. I, I, hadn't, I actually hadn't smoked ever until mm-hmm. I got here, and then once I did... I found out that it was low-key, like, an escape of my feelings and how I felt about here, so I just continued to do it every single day. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where I'll go to class and I'll think, like, all right, I'm not going to smoke before I go to class. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to relax. I'm just going to go to class and think of what it is. But, like, I'll go to class and I'll hear something ignorant and I'll get stressed out and I'll start overthinking. It's just like, nah, like, nah, I need to. Like, smoke. yeah, like, nah, yeah. I need to. Like, yeah. and it's just, like, it shouldn't have to be like that. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have to be like that because... Throughout the, the first 18 years of my life, I've never had to do anything like that. I've never had to smoke to suppress my feelings until I came to this place. And it's like, dang. Like, in 2023, I'm still feeling like this. It's 2023, but it still feels like it's like the 60s here. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That's literally, that's literally what I've been trying to say my whole life. Like, that's, it just feels exactly like the 60s. All this stuff... They've been teaching us in high school about the 60s. It's still going on. It's not, it's just subtle now. Now it's just subtle. And it's very low key. And you can put it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But like everything that's happened 50 years ago, nothing has changed. At least to me, nothing has changed. I don't, I, 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 I the way I've seen my life, the way my life has, the way I've lived my life and the way I've gone through life and coming here, this is the height of it for me. Nothing has changed since 1964. I don't care what anyone says to me. It's about to be 50 years since that BS Civil Rights Act. That's not real. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist to me. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same stuff. The exact same stuff. Mm-hmm. I go through the same exact racism that I did in high school here, which I thought wouldn't exist for some reason. I don't know why I thought that. But now, like, having this conversation, like, regular. Yeah. I'm not even surprised anymore. Like, it's just... This is this is life, I guess. Like I, I'm just gonna assume that this is just this is just my life. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't want it to be. I really yeah. don't. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I, and I'm not gonna say that I have like the solutions, right? I mean, I, I think like you're saying. I think that it's um it's bringing folks together to understand each other, to really understand each other, not just to hear you, <coughs> and that's it, but to really understand each other, right? Um. And how do I do that? So, I mean, you guys are going to end up leaving, and I'm going to be thinking, like, okay, so what is it that I need to do? Um, One of the things that, so a couple of things come to mind, and just to share it with you, there's there's a man named Ernie Logan, who I would love for you both to meet. So Ernie is, like, in his 70s, and I know that sounds really old, but it's not, because I'm getting close to, you know, 60, so anyway. Um, Ernie graduated from here. He's a black man, and he graduated from here in 73, um, and it was horrible. He had a horrible experience, um, not just on campus, but off campus, and he said if it wouldn't have been for, I think, like, one or two professors that really, you know, supported him throughout the time that he was here, 
he probably wouldn't have made it. He comes from New York City. Um, he studied in education, became a teacher, and um, and the man went through, you know, became an administrator, a principal, and then, so now he has, like, top positions. Like, he's um, in the union, administrator's union or something, like the president na nationwide, whatever. The point that I want to make is that it was horrible then, and he didn't want to come back when they were they, um, they were reaching out to him. I mean, when I'm talking about diversifying, you know, there's the foundation board, right? So the foundation board wanted to diversify their board, and um, and they reached out to him as a black man, and he was like, no way. And it took them years to bring him back because he didn't want he didn't want anything to do with Cortland. So he's on the foundation board now, and and we work closely together. Um, anyway, I say all of that to say that. So things have changed. I know not to the point where you feel like you belong or you know your professors are understanding, but things have changed. And I'm not saying that to change your minds either. Um, and, and Ernie can say that, And but there's a whole lot more that we need to do, you know, a lot more. We're not at the place that we should be. And, I, and, and I'm really sorry, I mean that. I know that it's, I'm not the one doing it, but I'm really sorry that you're feeling this way. And I know that others are feeling the same which is what makes me want to do something to make, you know, because I don't want you to leave. And just like I don't want another, you know, first-year student to leave or second-year student to leave, because then we'll, we failed them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you end up going to another institution and you graduate, then fine. You did it, and, you know, as a human being, you went and you, and, and you did it. But, um, but many times people end up leaving, and then they just don't go back to school. So we've lost people that we know could have made it and done great things, you know, in life. Um, anyway, I just, I need to do something. I need to think about all of this um, that you said, and I'm just wondering how I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to you more, you know, to see, to get more ideas, and um, hopefully you can help me. I mean, as you continue writing your book, right, maybe the ending of the book is, is going to be a little more positive, even if, but I, I, I want to be able to do something. Um, and I have the power to do that, you know? Um, I can, just because of my position here. So I want you really to think about what it is that we can do. And if you don't mind being the ones, the voices, like even having a panel, you know, where um, the institution is listening to you. I don't know, I mean, I know that some folks wouldn't want to be put in that position. No, I would, I would, I 100% would. I, 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 I thought you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to give this a lot of thought. And and on, on an aside, right, I'm going to have a conversation with Andy as well. Don't, don't. No? You Please sure? Don't. Please don't. You okay with that then? Okay, I won't. It's just like... I won't. I'm just telling that we had a conversation and we're going to be working on something. With, with okay. Andy, it's like, I'm not going to lie to you, the way that I feel right now, it's almost as if he tried to weaponize, like, my trauma and what I went through in that email. I Like... Even him sending that is crazy. Cause I did talk about me getting shot in that email. I don't know if did you see that in that email? I don't think I saw that. Oh, that's a different email then. Well, I don't think I saw that. I mean, I'll show you. I'll show you the email because I don't want. I want to be transparent. So. Um. Yeah. I don't remember reading anything there about you getting shot. I missed it. This is so crazy. I like how, like, 
he sends you the email where he feels it's disrespectful because I'm calling him out for his bullshit, but he doesn't send the email that after the conversation we had, like that followed up this, I call him out for all the racist stuff he says, and he just ignores it. He doesn't send so that email. So he actually didn't send me this. It was the oh. associate dean that sent okay. it to me. Because um, I guess I guess Andy spoke with him about whatever's even going that, on. It's like, why? Like, when all I'm asking you to do is understand me, why do you feel like you have to speak to a dean? Like, it's almost like he's weaponizing what I'm saying, my truth, to, like, to get me out of here. And I, so I knew that was going to happen. Like, I just knew that was going to happen. Well, I, I mean, to be honest with you, right, it's, he's not understanding you, right? He's not understanding where you're coming from. So, so he's going to somebody else to say, listen, this is what's happening. What am, what am I supposed to do? What can I do? You know what I'm saying? So Vincent would have called you in to talk about this, um, but I told him that's what I would like to talk to him. What would he have said? Huh? I'm just curious. What would he have said? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. And he might still call you, and he might still, you know, call you to come into the office. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I think because Vincent DeTuri, okay. he's associate dean. Okay. Um, I think because I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't know that you were a black man. I'm a, I make the assumption that you were, based on you know, based on the writings and stuff. But um, I just wanted to have the conversation with you, just to hear what you have to say. And now that are you telling me that something like I need to do something, <laughs> and don't, I don't know what that something is. I really don't know um, what that something is. I mean, we try to go into the core one one on one classes and talk about you know diversity, but it's just like 50 minutes. Like, it, and most most students don't even. They're either asleep or, you know, like, they're not really paying attention. So it's got to be more impactful than that. I, I, can, I can bring some of you things. Okay. I can, I can definitely bring some of you so things. So th th think about it, really, both of you. Think about, and even with your friends, you know, other friends that you have, just give a serious thought about what the institution can do. Okay. Right? And, and think of me as that person that can make it happen. Okay. Whatever that is, you know? Um, yeah, and then we have MLDR. I don't know if you know Katrina um, and Anna Maria. They're the ones that run the um, Multicultural Life and Diversity Office. And they're also very much into making sure that our students feel like they belong on campus. Okay. And I have faculty members, um, you know, they are black faculty members, that, that will say, you know, we're on it with you, Lorraine. We'll do whatever it is that, you know, that needs to happen. So I think once, you know, once we get to a point of like critical mass, right, then that's, that's when things can really begin to happen because there's only a few of you, seriously, there's only, I think the number of um, students that come from underrepresented minority groups is um, something like 20%. And that's including Latinx and, you know, indigenous, which is probably one student, um, and, and black. So. So there isn't a lot, right? You have a lot of other students that come from, let's say, from Long Island, right? And things that they learned growing up and in their communities. I mean, it's pretty bad down there when it comes to yeah. race. Yeah, I would, I would literally know because I'm from Long Island. You're from Long Island? Which yeah. part of Long Island? I'm from, I'm from Hall Park. Well, yeah, I'm from Hall Park. Okay. I went to school in Hall Park. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. Hall Park's Midtown, that whole area. Yeah, I remember working with um, faculty with teachers in, was it Hempstead or what was the other one? I forgot the other district, huh? Uniondale? That's close to Hempstead. Oh. Uniondale. I never worked at Uniondale, okay. but we, so I used to work at NYU. NYU has um, 
it's called the Metro Center. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we went to school districts that were cited by state ed for disproportionality of black students, whether it's in suspension or in special ed, and we would go in there with data and show how, you know, students that got suspended, black students that got suspended, got suspended in disproportionate numbers or things like disrespect or, you know, um, dis disobedience, like things that are very subjective. Mm -hmm. And then the punishments they received were a lot harsher than other students that were also suspended for those things. What really happened to me, bro? Bro, that what happened to me. same thing happened to me, but it's like, it's like, I don't, it's, even, it's, I don't even get into it. But like, uh, no, you said a statement that like has been irking me a little bit. You said okay. that like, you talked about Ernie, you said that things have changed, but I just wanted to let you know, like, realistically, things have not changed. Nothing they have, has changed. No, they have changed a little bit. I really have to say that. I'm not saying that they are, if zero is, is like, you know, the most ultimate racist and, and then, you know, 10 over here is like the best place. We went from let's say a two or three when right. Ernie was here to maybe a five. Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're we're like nowhere where we should be. I I will admit to that. Okay. Um, but we are we are at a better place. So we're at a better place in the sense that people will talk about it. Okay. Like there was a there was a time that yeah. people and thought that things it. was perfect okay. and they're not. Well, understandable. Okay. You know what I'm that. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I don't want to dismiss your feelings. Okay. Like I yeah. thank listen. You. Thank you. Thank you. No, I needed clarification on that. I yeah. was like, dang. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and I had to bring him in because he's somebody that he's he's donated and and he's getting money for the work that we do. So I brought him in so that he can actually talk to people that are doing equity work, inclusion work on campus so that he can see that things are a little bit different okay. than what they were. Or I would love to talk to Ernie. I would love to meet Ernie. I will I will call him and ask him when is he back in town. The man is, um, I think he lives out of either, um, he was in New Orleans, but I think he might have moved to Florida, which is horrible, but anyway, I think he might have moved to Florida. Um, but he was here not too long ago. So yeah, I'll reach out to him. Because okay. um, one of the things that I did was introduce him to some students, some black students, so that he could hear from them directly. But then everybody has a different experience, right? That is true. So there's, um, there are three students in arts and sciences. So they're in, um, I want to say in biology or chemistry, something like that, three mm -hmm. black students. And they're having a pretty good experience. But I don't know about Ooh. their personal experience. So they're having a good academic experience. Because it's hard to, like, deny that. Like, and that's why I, I feel the way that I do and why I feel like I would reach out or try and branch out compared to anybody else. Like, when you're in a STEM major, science, technology, engineering, yeah. math, that, like, there's not really much role your race can play. Like, as long as you produce the work and you get the right answers because all those questions, all those equations have answers, you're good. Like, you're not going to really experience much racism. I mean, actually, one of my friends, Aaron, he actually, uh, I think he TAs here now. Mm -hmm. He went through something in his classes where it was just like none of the white students would sit next to him. Like they had to assign lab partners and nobody would sit next to him. Yeah. Not only yeah. that, but like he's in class and uh, his professor's name is Parks. The last name Parks. Jason Parks. Jason you know? Parks. Yeah. Um, said something to him and it was black a black guy talking to another black guy talking and one of the white girls in that class had a problem with what Jason Parks was saying to Aaron, which Aaron had. No problem with whatsoever. Just a black man talking to another black man. And then the next class, uh, Jason Parks pulled up an email that he got from his higher up talking about how he's using offensive language in class towards black students. And he's just like, well, what is this? Like, 
you're trying to silence me in my own class, but you don't even, you don't even understand. You don't understand the implications of what, I, what I'm saying. You don't understand black language, black culture. Like, you don't well, get it. Offensive, right? So what does like, offensive yeah. mean? It's subjective. It, it's, it's crazy. And it's like a lot of students in STEM won't have those problems or won't care about those problems because they can produce the work. But I'm in more of a social science field and like more of an understanding and contemporary like feelings field. But so like for me, it's like, nah, like I see this every day and it directly affects how I learn, how I think and how I process information because I can't when I understand that like the way we are getting information is just wrong. It's just biased towards one side. I live a whole different life that, that, that is like, what would be the word? The opposite of what they're talking about in class. So it's like, well, when you don't incorporate me, it's like, I'm not even here. Like, you're not even, you're not even, what are you doing for me? Like, what are you saying to me? What are you doing that, that, that I could benefit off of? Like, you're not talking to me. You're, you're not talking to me. Yeah. And it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> And it's, and it's every, every, every part of it, right? Like you mentioned curriculum. Um, it's every part, every part of the institution. It just sucks. It just sucks. But like, I'm, I'm working to change it. So it's, to me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not at a point in my life where like, I'm going to be deterred or I feel like oh, I, could, I could, I could, I could like be shut down. It's like, nah, like I've lived this stuff and I can write about it and nobody can take that away from me. And that is exactly what I'm going to do because like, I think people need to know the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just truth mm -hmm. here. It's truth. Like, mm -hmm. this is literally what I go through on a day-to-day, -day and it's not fair. And if I write all this down and somebody doesn't understand that, I don't really know what to tell them. If, like, actions aren't taken after, then I really don't want to do. Maybe I will feel discredited then, but I can't feel that way and feel down if I haven't tried yet. You know what I'm saying? If I haven't put my plan into action yet, if I haven't executed yet, I can't, I can't count it all out. So I'm, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you end up, and you're speaking for lots of people, right? So, like, I don't know if you would have thought of writing a book or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're speaking for so yeah. many people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the work that you're doing is important. It's important. You. I mean, not just here, not just in this institution, but when you leave, when you graduate, yeah. I mean, yeah. wherever you, you end up. You know, the United States is just, United States exactly. is messed up. And that's and why... Another reason I'm doing this, I'm a philosophy major, social philosophy. I have to have publications to get my master's and get tenure. So it's like, I might as well start working now. If I do social philosophy and I can dabble in, I don't know, racial theory, it's like, this just creates my career as well. So it just benefits me in the long run. Mm -hmm. It's perfect that I'm here, actually. So have you thought of writing with other faculty members? Nope. So I have two faculty members that you might consider writing with. Okay. Um, there's um, Mecca Nagel, who's in philosophy. She does a lot of writing, and she is she is very much vested in racial justice. And then there's um, Tracy Hudson, who's a phys ed major, um, not phys ed major, phys ed um, faculty member. Mm. So Tracy is another one. So Tracy is younger than Ernie, but she also came here. She also came to school here, and she'll tell you straight out. And she's told me she's like, things haven't changed, Lorraine. <laughs> she'll say. You know, so she um, she worked in Long Island. She was a principal at a school in Long Island. I don't even know which one it, it was. But um, she retired from that, and then she found out that there was a position open here, so she came in. And, um, and she's working really hard with her students, her white students, because most of the students that are in phys ed are white men, yeah. you know. Um, so she's working with them really hard for them to understand. She says something as simple as movement, right? Because she's, she's, she's teaching phys ed. She's like... You know, you have these um, white folks who will see the movement of a black body 
and not see it in the same way as a movement in literally, the white body. Literally. Right. So she teaches all of that stuff to her students. Um, so yeah, Would both of them, Tracy Hudson. I'll connect you. I'll Thank connect you, you. Tracy Hudson. And with Mecca. And they both published. Uh, I know. I'll talk to I'll talk to Mecca. I have her as a you, professor. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. What do you think of her? I mean, honestly, like... Be nice, because I love Mecca. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. Honestly, no, be honest, um, be honest. I, it's, I'm really indifferent. I sent her an email recently about an assignment she asked me to do, and I basically said, I'll do the assignment, but, like, I want you to know that I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to implement race into it somehow, although it wasn't asking anything about race. And it's like, you can either respect that or not. Like, I'm fighting a fight for the future, and I'm building my career in the future. I'll do the work to get the grades passed, but, like... I'm not necessarily concerned with it. And uh, she hasn't emailed me back, and I haven't seen her because I only have a class with her once a week. But I'll, my opinion I'm on her sure. right now is indifferent. I'll, I'm sure she'll say fine. She's, um, so, so she's, um, what you would call an honorary black person? What does that mean? So she's, she's married to a black man. She's her family that she is totally with, you know, immersed in. He's from Kenya. Okay. So it's not, it's, it's not, you know, black, US, USA black. Um, so she's, so she understands, not from a personal experience, but from the experience of all these people that she has surrounded herself with okay. for a very, very long time. Okay. You know? So she seems cool. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She really is. But I'm just, um, I'm indifferent right now. I don't want to speak to I don't you. know. I get you. That's fine. Um, but, but Tracy's, Tracy's really cool. Tracy really gets it. I just, um, she's going to say Lorraine, I, I don't have enough time in the day. I just, I just put her together with another black man who's having a difficult time, okay. um, with his, um, with his, um, he's in the cure program, um, education. Anyway, he's having a difficult time and there's just some stuff going on. So I made, I partnered them and she's mentoring him and you know, she's, she's just real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she'll hear you, hear you out and um thank you yeah yeah I'll do that. i might have to go practice so i'm sorry listen no that's okay i <laughs> i appreciate that you came I, I and i appreciate your honesty and being completely honest and open i really appreciate that because i know you don't have to um and i i really mean it when i say think about what can what can be done on campus and then let's let's talk some more okay all right and i'll include some faculty members and some other students well you could include some other students and we'll see what we what we can do. Okay. All right, and maybe we can do something starting in the spring semester, like when everybody comes back. Because right now, I mean, it's like almost November, and there'll be finals and all that kind of stuff. So as you can see, Courtney was a bit problematic, not for me, but for my peers as well, my friends. Low key hurts me to do that. I don't want to get into too much. So this is the end of the episode. And if you made it to the end, thank you, truly, thank you. I really appreciate the support, honestly. I'll be dropping more next time, and it won't be a long video like that. I just want. A lot of the context to be out of the way. Just for the future episodes. Enjoy your day. Have fun. Be safe. Be responsible. I'll catch you in the next one.